From the Gray Homestead in the heart of the Ozarks, this is Front Porch Anarchast. We're spreading the ideas of freedom and liberty from the front porch one episode at a time. Front Porch Anarchast. Freedom starts on your own front porch. And this episode starts now. I heartily accept the motto that government is best which governs least. Carried out, it finally amounts to this, which also I believe, that government is best which governs not at all. And you're listening to yet another episode of Front Porch Anarchast. Coming to you tonight from the Gray Homestead here in southwest Missouri. It's the wee hours, well, it's the waning hours of March 7th, I believe. It's almost March 8th. Spring is rapidly approaching. I think I'm going to call this episode my my Corona. Yeah, my Corona. How about that? My Corona, as in coronavirus episode. So I spent the day today in Branson, Missouri. You may have heard of that that place. The uh, I'm sure it's like the Redneck Las Vegas or Redneck Nashville. It's kind of a mixture of the two, I think, and it's in the middle of nowhere. Anyway, so I, I had to go down there to work today. And as I'm driving down there, the, the big talk, of course, is coronavirus. Everyone's talking about that. And I I don't like getting out. It's not like I'm paranoid of illnesses or viruses or germs or whatever. But once upon a time, it was a few years back... Sorry, I lost uh, lost my concentration there. There's some kind of critter moving across the, the yard. It was a few years back that in 20, 2012, I think it was 2012, maybe 2013. I don't remember now. Anyway, it might have been 2012. But I almost died from the flu. And I know where I picked it up. I picked it up in a hospital, went to visit my mom who had had a stroke. And I'm not sure if I got it in the hospital or if I if I picked it up while we when we went to get something to eat. Anyway, it was in Little Rock and I'd been living in the woods. That was the only exposure I had to people. So now I'm a little um, I'm a little terrified of catching such a disease. And here I am driving into Branson where people come where people go to and uh, they come from all over when they visit there. It's it's right near the Arkansas line, so there's a lot of people that come from Missouri. There's people who come from Arkansas. I mean, there's people that come from all over the U.S. to see these shows. I'm not really sure why. If you've ever been to Branson, I mean, maybe it's because I don't have a lot of money. I don't know, but anytime I've been to Branson, it's usually just to stop and grab something to eat. I think my mom stayed there one time, and we went to visit while she was there, but I, you know, I'm not really impressed with Branson. There's the landing. That's kind of fun, but... Really not a lot to do there. You just walk down the street, check out the shops. Again, I don't have a lot of money. They do have a mellow mushroom, which is kind of cool. That's the nearest mellow mushroom to us. 
so um, that was kind of that was kind of cool. We we became accustomed to Mellow Mushroom when we were living in Atlanta. Spent a lot of money there at that place, but this one's not quite as good. But oh well, maybe I just remember it differently. Now let me try to steer this back on the on the track. So here I am driving to Branson, and I'm thinking about all these people that are coming in. And for the last couple of days, they've been playing these ads on the radio, and it's Kevin Sorbo. You may know him as Hercules from TV. I think he said he's been in like 165 different movies. That's kind of crazy, but the the things I remember him most from would be Hercules and Xena and um, Andromeda. Anyway... So he's been on the radio pushing this Comic-Con, which is in Branson this weekend. So now I'm thinking, great, we've got all these people coming in from all parts of the world. And then you add that to the people who normally come there, and then you add it to the people who live there, which, trust me, you know, hey, Branson, I'm not really, I'm not trying to pick on you, but you're making it pretty easy. There's, There's an element there. And there's an element that live in the extended stay hotels there. And it's so bad that they've been trying to close those down because they're just, they're cesspools. And so I'm driving down there and I'm just thinking, okay, I'm going to my death because coronavirus, right? I'm not really thinking that because my part of the job, I'm pretty much isolated. I sit in an office all day and I don't have to really interact with anybody. So um, unfortunately, I usually end up going to Walmart afterwards, which I did today too. And I made a haul. They had a lot of their winter stuff on clearance. So I got some really good deals. Really proud of this electric heater that I picked up that I know for a fact it was selling for $79. It's a digital oil-filled heater, and I got it for 40 bucks on clearance. And they had some really good deals on some batteries too, but anyway, so I got some of those. So yeah, I do go to Walmart, but other than that, I'm really not exposed to a lot of people, and I try to, uh, I don't go out to eat while I'm there to further limit my uh, exposure to uh, airborne and foodborne pathogens. But then I'm also, as I'm driving down, I'm listening, and, and I was thinking about this study that I read this morning, I guess, and it wasn't released. Okay, so there was a um, a cruise ship. It had like 3,900 3, people on it, I think, maybe. Right around 4,000 people on it. They had a coronavirus outbreak on that cruise ship. 700 and some odd people came down with coronavirus on that cruise ship. And then I'm thinking, okay, who is silly enough to get on a cruise ship with an out, you know, with like this pandemic of coronavirus going around? People get sick on cruise ships just because. I mean, sometimes they, you know, a, a ship will get infected with norvirus, I believe is what it's called. You know, once that gets in a, once that gets one of those cruise ships, it's hard for them to get that out of there. And, you know, I hear these horror stories of, you know, so much uh, puking and diarrhea going on that all the 
all of the uh, toilets are all backed up and I just I can't imagine being on a, a, a floating hotel basically it sucks bad enough to have to stay in a regular hotel but then you get one like you know like a boat and you think about those and it seems like those are probably occupied all the time and and people you know they spend day in and day out on that boat it's I don't know why anybody would go on a cruise in um, in these modern times. It, it just seems like it's a great way to get sick anyway. And now coronavirus and one person gets on the ship with coronavirus and the, the next thing you know, 700 and some odd people have it. So you think about that. Well, if you're on a boat for a week or two weeks or whatever and... 700 people picked that virus up, uh, you know, and I'm thinking about the flu and the flu, it's like a, it, it's, when I was researching that for a different matter, it was like a 28% infection rate with that. So, I mean, even if they squirted the flu virus straight up your nose, there was only like a 28% chance that you were going to get the flu. So if you think about that, um, how many people how many people picked up this virus and it or consumed it, ingested it, inhaled it, whatever, that didn't get it? So you figure roughly three times that many, three times as much as seven hundred, you know, then you're talking like what is the what does that make? Twenty one hundred people? That's crazy that that probably ingested that in some shape, form, or manner. So how does that happen? Is it just because people are sneezing and and they're in such tight quarters that you know that that you're swallowing somebody else's spittle that comes out when they sneeze, or or you know they sneezed on a on a guardrail or something, and you lean up against it, and then you're picking your teeth, and it gets in. I mean, just. It's such close quarters, and everybody ends up swapping spit. It's, I don't know. I wouldn't want to be on one of those boats. But, oh, it turns out it's a rabbit. Um, but what the boat, what that cruise ship, um, what that taught the researchers, it, it gave them kind of a um, a controlled laboratory where they could where they could see what kind of transmission rates or infection rates that that are there for the coronavirus. And when you start figuring in other, when you start figuring in uh, other variables, you know, it's it's really not that deadly. Unless you're an old person and then it's, you know, you're done, probably you're cooked. But they also, you know, they're looking at at the rates in China and and how high of a uh, mortality rate it has, but then you start figuring in that that what they're seeing are the uh, are the most obvious cases, and would those people have died from something else anyway? I mean, they were already old and they had other issues as well. And on this boat, you know, they could kind of control for all of that because. You know, it was everybody was a known quantity, and yeah, I think there were some old people on it, and uh, I'm not sure how many people on there died. I I think some people on it did die. It wasn't that many, like six or something. But 
I guess uh, I guess what I'm trying to say is maybe this isn't as uh, maybe the coronavirus isn't as uh, bad of a pandemic as as what it's led on to believe. Now that being said, I'm not going to book a flight to China. I'm not sure why anybody would. Why would you want to go to China where all these people are supposedly dying? I hear that that it's so bad there. People have stopped going to work, and it's they can actually measure that the uh, decrease in carbon dioxide production because of uh, the factories aren't being staffed. It's kind of amazing when you think about it. And something else I thought about, which is way off topic, but hey, who cares, right? <laughs> There's just probably I'm the only one listening to this. What if this was an attempt to get back at Trump for the uh, tariffs that he imposed on China? Can you imagine that if, like, the president of China, he's like, you know what, Donald, I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna get you back for that tariff. Watch this, and so uh, you know, he unleashes that on all of his people, and then they have to close down the factories, and now Trump's tariffs aren't working. I don't know. It's a uh, Maybe that'll catch on as a conspiracy theory. I don't think that's what happened, but it would be interesting if that is what happened. So I'm not going to China. I don't really even want to go to Branson anymore. Um, Springfield seems to be bad enough. Um, so bad, in fact, that um, Jennifer brought home a bug last week. I'm assuming she brought it home because she doesn't. She and the kids, uh, they don't leave the homestead very much. We have one vehicle, and I go to work five days a week. So she had an appointment. You know, we are having a uh, a new addition to the homestead, and it's getting pretty close. So she's making a few more trips into town to, um, to confer with the midwife. And she and our youngest child went into town last week. And like the next day, she had a sore throat, and and then the day after that, the kids got sick, and and then I uh, I finally succumbed to it earlier this week. You know, I had a fever. I was like, I'm not going into work. Going to rest and and try to, you know, try to beat this thing. But also, I don't want to spread it around. Just my luck. I spread it to somebody there where I work, and. They're sick for a couple of days, and then somebody catches the tail catches it at the tail end of of that person's sickness. And next thing I know, I'm catching it again. I can just see this. So, all right, break the chain, right? So I stayed home. I don't do that very often, but I thought it was prudent. And you know, I mentioned before I did some research on the on on the flu virus. You know, they really push the, the flu shot. And if once you get to reading that, I mean, your chances are still 50-50 whether or not you're going to get the flu. Some years, it's it's a whole lot. Your chances are that even if you get the flu shot, you're still going to get the you're still going to get the flu. It's like, you know, you might as well just drink a beer instead of getting the flu shot. It'll do about as much good, especially when you figure that, you know, if you squirt the flu virus straight up your nose, there's a, only like a 28% chance that you're going to get it. Yeah, I should cite my sources, but hey, you get what you pay for with Front Porch Anarchast. But really, the best defense 
that you have with the flu is to wash your hands. No matter how many ads they play on the radio about getting your shot and it being the best way to protect yourself from the flu, uh, there's one that plays all the time, and I'm really sick of hearing it. So what I'm thinking is maybe if I can find it, I'll put it in right here. Join the millions of people who will get their flu shot this year. It's the best way to keep yourself and those around you healthy this flu season. And it may be available at no cost to you. The flu shot lowers your chances of getting sick. And it offers the best protection, especially for people at a higher risk of health problems from the flu. Like children, older adults, or people who are pregnant or have a chronic illness. Show you care about your friends and family members. Check with your doctor's office or pharmacy to get your flu shot today. Brought to you by Home State Health. So either you heard it or you didn't. If you didn't hear it, I'm not really going to apologize for you not hearing it because it was stupid. If you did hear it, though, you heard the woman talking about how it's the best way to protect yourself. Well, it it really appears that uh, hand washing is about the best way. Don't touch your face after you touch something unless you've washed your hands. Wearing a mask, I know now they're saying, for some reason, they're saying, oh, wearing a mask doesn't do any good. But, uh, yeah, I think it does. If the virus can't get into your, if it doesn't get into your body, then you don't get it. So even if the mask just keeps you from touching your mouth after you've touched a, you know, a handrail or something like that, then it's it's helping, right? So wash your hands, people. I do work in a, in a job where I... Uh, I have to use public restrooms a lot. I've probably talked about that. Man, stop it with the uh, the not washing your hands after you use a public restroom. I see it all the time. One person who uh, who I know, I've known her for years now, she introduced me to the term pee and flea. She couldn't believe that people would do a pee and flea, which made me think about... Uh, what could I do if somebody went in the restroom and uh, it wasn't peeing that they were doing? So I came up with poop and scoot. I see that time and time again. See grown men coming out of a stall. I mean, they've been sitting there. I know they have been. I, you know, they, they were sitting on the toilet. You can see their feet, right? They stand up, flush the toilet, walk out of the stall, and walk straight out of the bathroom. So they've touched the stall probably touch the toilet some toilets are those automatic flushes but but you know i mean the ones i've been using now for the last year they're not you have to you know you have to flush it with your hand so they've walked into the bathroom they've used the restroom you know they wiped accordingly i hope and touched everything that was in there and then they just walk right on out and they go do their thing and you know they're touching everything what kind of people what kind of people do this? I don't understand it. So yeah, um, I cringed when I had to go to yet another uh, another town just you know spreading germs and stuff around. So I really hope that this coronavirus isn't isn't as big of a deal as some people are making it out on some talk shows their radio talk shows. You know, they're really downplaying it. Others, you know, it's gloom and doom. We're all going to die. Stock market isn't liking it all. 
it's tanked a couple of times in the last week, to say the least. I think, yeah, I was seeing pictures of, like, toilet paper being sold out. I guess people think that, you know, they, there's going to be a run on that. Whatever floats your boat, man, you know, go go get it. My My suggestion, though, would be wash your hands. Be smart about it. You know, you cough, cover your mouth. You sneeze, cover your mouth. That's the least you can do is cover your mouth. Hopefully you can sneeze into a um, into a tissue or something and then throw that away. But, you know, the least you can do is cover your mouth when you cough or when you, um, or when you sneeze. And for the love of the gods, wash your hands after you use a public restroom. This may be my... Uh, my public service announcement for the year. And there's plenty of other news that I could be talking about. They just had uh, Super Tuesday. Um, All of the Democratic candidates dropped out except for um, Bernie and Biden. Now, that would be a ticket, Bernie and Biden 2020. I don't know about that whole thing. Um, You know, just as a side note here, I find it extremely funny that the democratic well that the whole that the whole system for all the social social justice warrioring that that goes on online and in social media you know I see the YouTube videos you may have seen one or two that I posted on Facebook videos about the Bernie people you know for all of that for all of that hope and change that everyone's wanting, it's boiled down. To, it's boiled down to three candidates, three viable candidates. I mean, there's probably other people that are much more qualified, much would be much better people to run for such a position. Uh, not that I believe in a position like this, but there's got to be people that are better than than these three people. And it turns out that they're old. They're all old white guys. And they're all rich. And for all the social justice warriors out there who claim to be Democrats, what are you doing? Why are you? Why are you? Why are you voting for these guys? Why is it that when this next election comes around, you're going to vote for one of these old white guys who are loaded and they've had money all their lives? They've had money and they've had power all of their lives, and you're going to vote for them anyway. It doesn't matter if you're a Democrat or if you're a Republican. You're going to vote for some old white guy who's had money all of his life. He doesn't – not a one of those guys know what it's like to struggle. Bernie may have had to struggle for a bit when he was young, but how long ago was that? 50 years ago? That guy doesn't have a clue. Biden doesn't have a clue. And Trump, come on. Trump doesn't have a clue what anybody's going through. He he knows what he needs to say to get the vote. But, for instance, I came home the other night. I worked all day and, you know, I've had – I've been working on orders for my side gig. So, I mean, there was one night I didn't even go to bed. I, I didn't even go to bed. I had to work all the way through from the time I got up one morning until it was bedtime the next day. 
And, you know, I'm trying to make ends meet. I come home from my day job, pull up. It's like 11 o'clock at night. My dog comes running from the shop, which that's a problem in itself because his kennel is on the other side of the yard. So I don't know why he's coming from my shop. He's supposed to be in the kennel, right? So I get out of my car. Smells like somebody's hit a skunk out here on the road. We live, we live on a corner, and and there's a there's the intersection here of two roads, right in front of our house. I mean, it's like 25 feet from the house to the road. People drive really fast through there, and sometimes they hit possums, and sometimes they hit skunks. So I was like, dang, somebody's hit a skunk again. Come here, Apollo. So I get Apollo. Take him, there's a crate inside the shop. So I just went ahead and put him in that crate. Put some hay in there for him and put him in there. And I'm like, dang, hope that skunk didn't crawl up in here and die. So then I walk away. And as I'm going into the house, I'm like, hey, wait, I don't smell that smell anymore. So I go back out there and check the dog. Well, first I check my hands. I smell my hands. And my hands smell like skunk. So I go back out and check the dog. Sure enough, it's him. I'm... Somehow or another, while he was out and running around and all of his escapades, I guess he got sprayed by a skunk. So now I got skunk juice on my hands. And I've got skunk juice on my hands trying to deal with my dog, who is just a real anarchist and will not stay inside his, his enclosure. And there's some guy, that Bloomberg guy, is spending $500 million on ads, and then he drops out of the race. He pissed away $500 million. $500 million. He pissed it away, and I got skunk juice on my hands. Now tell me how, I mean, he's not, he dropped out of the race, but how did he think he was qualified to run my life? I mean... You know, he said he could teach me how to farm, which if he really could do that, I guess maybe uh, maybe he's, you know, maybe he would be worth something to me. Something tells me, though, that he wouldn't be able to teach me how to farm because the man's probably, he's probably never even cut his own lawn. He probably doesn't have a lawn. He lives in New York City. I mean, come on, dude. You've got no idea what's going on, what's your qualification to run my life. What's your qualification to tell me better how to run my life? That's the same guy that banned the uh, any drinks over sixteen ounces in his in New York. What I think it was sixteen ounces, maybe it was twenty ounces, but you get my you get my meaning. He banned banned large soft drinks because he thought that would be better for poor people. What? I'm, why is a man like that? How could he even be considered to run a government that's supposed to be made up of free people? I don't even, I don't get it. Sorry that I went off on that tirade, but I don't understand these old white guys. And I mean, I say that and I'm quickly approaching oldness myself and I'm a white guy, but I've scraped and scrapped all of my life. I don't need some guy in in a suit in Washington telling me what to do. Their reality is just a little bit different than my reality. And you know what? Maybe I mean, I don't know, maybe maybe I do need them to tell me how how to become rich. However, Bernie 
the way he became rich was working for the government, which that's a little suspect in itself right there, right? Because you you start adding up the salary. You start adding up his salaries, and now he's he has three houses, three big houses. And, you know, don't call him out on that because I heard him call him out on that. And he's like, uh, sure, I have three houses. I've got a house I live in, and then I have this other house on wherever, and then I have my summer camp. Uh, and then he says something like, are you going – I don't think the people are going to uh, – uh, deny me a you know a vacation house or whatever, dude. If you've got three houses, you have no idea what I'm going through. You have no idea what 99% of the people in the U.S. are going through. If you have three houses and two of those, you can call retreats or vacation houses or whatever. Oh no, I know what it was. So one of those, I guess, was in Washington because you know that's where he works, and then he has one wherever he wherever he lives. Uh, is he from Vermont? Is that where he's? I think he's from Vermont. Um, and then he has his summer camp, as he calls it. I can't take the dude seriously. How does he get that much money? And the only answer I can come up with is because he's in politics. He's in government. And, you know, it pays to be a powerful person, even a socialist one. Bloomberg, I'm not really sure how he made his money. Uh, I mean, I think it was the old-fashioned way that he made it, but still, you know, that dude's out of touch with reality. They asked him about guns and, you know, why it was okay for him to be surrounded by people with these guns, but it's not okay for the rest of us to have the same guns. I mean, you know, we can't afford the people to carry those, so why can't we just carry them ourselves? And that that man was stupid enough to say that... Basically, he's more important than other people. He gets death threats, so he needs guns. He He's the mayor of New York City, so he needs guns. You know, that goes on top of his whole teach people to farm thing. And, you know, then Bernie's talking about his houses. Oh, and and not only not only does he have the houses, but, you know, he's talking about climate change and everything. It took three three private jets to ferry him and his entourage around from campaign stop to campaign stop. Three private jets. That's not cheap. And it it's not very um, environmentally friendly. As a side note, I heard that he, he got on the wrong plane, too. They had to get him off of it. He got on somebody else's plane. You know, but what can you expect? A bunch of old guys. The, that Biden character, he's off his rocker. He's off his rocker, and the Democrats are probably going to elect him to be their nominee for president. And the guy, you know, he's just one, one stupid statement after another. He's, he's the guy that called that woman a lying dog-faced pony soldier. You're a lying dog-faced pony soldier. I don't even know what that means. I don't think anybody knew what that meant. Somebody did look it up, and it came from some kind of a movie or something from the 30s or 40s. I don't know. But, you know, you look at this guy, that's the kind of crap he's probably watching because he is ancient. And he's just one one stupid statement after another. He was trying to quote 
he was trying to quote the – I don't know if it was the Declaration of Independence or if it was – I think it was the Declaration of Independence. Uh, all men are created equal uh, by the creator or whatever. But he went off the rails there. I don't I don't know it because, I mean, what does it matter to me, right? I, it, some old dead guy wrote, wrote that or some – a group of old dead guys wrote it. It doesn't really matter to me. Uh, it's not like I signed it. I didn't sign up for it. But this is a guy who works for this government, right? He wants to be the boss of this whole system. You'd think he would know the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution. You would think that that – okay, so he starts talking about it, and he just – he loses it there after he says the uh, all men are created equal, and he, he flubs up, and he's like, oh, you know the thing. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by go. You know the you know the thing. Okay. Well, the conservative talk show people they jumped all over that, saying that he couldn't bring himself to say creator because that would offend some of his base. I don't think that's what it was. I think the guy was trying to recite the Declaration of Independence. Couldn't remember it, so then he's just like, "Oh, you know the thing." Um, you know the. I, more along the lines of, you know the whole thing. You know that. You know the Declaration of Independence. That's what I'm thinking. And for all I know, this could he could have been trying to start out the um, the U.S. Constitution. Like I said, I don't care really about it. The, uh, there's nothing in it really that pertains to me. No matter uh, you know, no matter what I think freedom is, or or what I think my rights and responsibilities are the government's even though they're written down the government's going to interpret that the way they want to and and people are going to um, they're going to put their faith behind these people who interpret those words and you know so yeah i don't know it don't really need to know it but you would think that a guy who is uh, who's auditioning for the uh, lead role for that government would would know those things and and he didn't he flubbed that up but then again he didn't know his wife from his from his sister when he was introducing them either and i mean that man he's just he just keeps saying crazy stuff you know he when he went off the rails about that whole corn pop and kids sitting in his lap and rubbing his leg hair <laughs> i mean this guy is nuts and Corn Pop was a bad dude, and he ran a bunch of bad boys. And the Democratic people, the Democrat voters, are going to elect this guy. They're they're going to nominate him anyway. And then then what are your choices going to be? Your choices are going to be between him or Donald Trump. And neither one of these guys have any idea what the rest of us are going through. So yeah, um, keep asking. Keep asking for this kind of crap. Uh, you'll keep getting it. All right, I've rambled on long enough. I do appreciate you guys listening to Front Porch Anarchast and, and giving me feedback. I've enjoyed the interaction I've had with a couple of you um, who have who sent feedback to me. And yes, I do still have the uh, side gig, Gray Uncommons, Gray with an A. So if you need a one-off T-shirt, send me a, send me an email. You can send it to Front Porch Anarchist, or there's got to be 25 different ways you can get in touch with me. 
And if you want to leave a voicemail for Front Porch Anarchast, if you want to hear your voice on Front Porch Anarchast, go to Anchor. Anchor, as in like a boat's anchor. Hey, a ship, a cruise ship's anchor. Anchor.fm slash Front Porch Anarchast. And from there, you can just push one button and record a message. And uh, maybe it'll get played on a future episode of Front Porch Anarchast. All right, so I'm out for the night, guys. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this broadcast of the Front Porch Anarchast. Like and share our page or send us a message at Front Porch Anarchast on Facebook.